What is up, Creature Life? It is so good to be back. This is your co-host, Blake. I'm here with my co-host and creature wife, Megan. Blake, is that the joke you were really proud of? Should it not be? (laughs) Let's move on to the episode. So today we're going to talk about the role of imagination, Um, imagining a world with better jokes. Um, but also the role of imagination and why we think it is really crucial in trying to think about how God can bring healing and joy in our relationship with food and the body. Yeah, we, we think imagination, I mean, dream with me a little bit if every one of my, you know, jokes to start this podcast was actually good. Uh, no, but we, we think imagination is such a powerful force and, and something that I think the, um, the Bible and, and faith communities invite us to do, but I think we often ignore. Um, and that's something that we'll, we'll talk a lot, a lot more about as we progress through the episode. Yeah, I think imagination is crucial to faith. And I think even another way of thinking about faith is imagination. Faith is seeing things with another lens or with a new set of eyes. With faith, we don't just take things the way they are or... Um, the way they, they seem, but instead we see ourselves, we see the world with God's eyes. And of course, we will apply that to food eventually, but we really want to establish this idea that this is something we need to cultivate in our lives. Um, and of course, we don't mean imagination of, of making stuff up, but more this kind of um, th- th- this vision of a way that things could be. And, and actually, we would say a way that things actually are, and yet is so often um, we're blinded from seeing that. Yeah, and I think in our own faith stories, imagination has played a really powerful role. I think imagination has the ability to transform things because with a new way of seeing, we have hope, we um, have purpose, all these things that um, sometimes it's hard to believe if we just take things as they are. So to give an example, I want to share about my own story and how imagination really helped me find a better relationship with food in my body. So as I was struggling with body image issues and um, eating issues, imagination played a really powerful role because what I would try to do is instead of thinking my body is bad because it's a certain weight or a certain size or thinking food is bad, I would try to imagine what it would be like to just embrace my body as good and sacred, independent of its size to picture myself loving my body and and cherishing every inch of it, every curve of it, all the seeming imperfections that society loves to point out. Um, And doing the same with food, picturing myself eating with great joy and freedom, even though I so often ate with um, a lot of stress and restriction. And I think in picturing these ways of approaching food and the body, it made me not only want those that that way of looking at myself, of looking at food, but it also made it feel more possible. Um, it made it feel like this is something I could do. Um, and then lastly, I would say another way imagination was really helpful for me is when I felt like it would be so hard to pursue this way of looking at food and the body as good, I would think about eternity and kind of as we talked about in our last episode with eternity picturing 
this day where at last everyone will celebrate their own bodies and all the bodies of others. We'll see the diversity of shapes and size as this really good thing that points to God's divine creativity and love. Um, And likewise, a time where we will feast on rich food all together with our creator God and and just imagining the sort of joy and celebration. And it was really helpful in picturing this future vision, this vision to which I believe we are headed. It was helpful to be like, if that is the goal, if that is um, the direction of our lives, why not live into that now? Yeah, and I, I think this is something that God is in the business of doing. I think God will help us in this pursuit as we try to imagine um, ourselves as part of as more part of God's world than than society's world that can so easily bring us shame and um, you know dislike of ourselves and that sort of thing. For me, um, I feel like imagination has been similarly helpful, definitely with food, kind of in, in my body in later stages. But er- earlier on in my life, as you guys know, um, as loyal podcast listeners who take diligent notes, I um, sorry, more bad jokes. I. Um, <laughs> I wanted to be a professional baseball player, and I think as so many aspiring athletes um, fall into the trap of, I I completely defined myself by baseball, and, and my identity was was so wrapped up in that. Um, but God kind of got through to me eventually, and, and I think one way to understand how God got through to me was gave me this imagination to see, like, what if I'm not defined by baseball? What if I'm not defined by my athleticism? What if there's fullness and vibrancy of life found um, in what God has for me and how God defines me. And I think, I think God invited me to imagine what that could look like and, and then to start to take um, steps in that my freshman year of college for, for the very first time. And I think, I don't know, I, I just think this imagination is something that God wants to cultivate in us. And, and I think it requires our full selves and it requires us to dream and um, and wonder and, and, and do so with God. And um, I really believe that God can and will do this with us as, as we pursue this with food in our bodies. Yeah, Blake, what would you say for you were some of the fruits that came about from imagining yourself through the lens of God's eyes? Yeah, I love this question. I need to think about this more. But I, I think there's just this glorious freedom. That this, this sense that I, you know, I, I'm just loved. I get out of bed. I don't need to earn anything. I don't need, don't need to do anything. I don't need to prove anything. I can just exist. Um, but I think that freedom to just exist like quickly leads to flourishing and thriving. And um, I certainly enjoyed baseball so much more. I felt better about myself. Um, I was able to turn outward more in all aspects of my life um, as I was able to imagine this world and in which, you know, God gets the final say, um, where Jesus is Lord. And, and that means, um, a very different thing than if, you know, athleticism is Lord or social status is Lord or, um, you know, thinness is Lord, um, or appearance, whatever you want to frame it. Yeah. I would say similarly for me, I feel like freedom and joy were the fruits of imagination because the more I imagine myself eating with joy or, Embracing all parts of my body, whether it was it fit society's thin standards or not, the more this imagination became my reality, the more I started to believe what I was imagining, the more um, eventually this way of that God sees became my way of seeing, and it 
brought so much life and it was so much better than um, how I viewed food in the body before, which was um, something that led me to so much misery and also shame. Yeah, but you, you might be listening and being like, wow, that sounds pretty good, but like, I'm not really there right now. And, and the truth is, here's the catch. This is hard. <laughs> this is not, I think it's... Hate e- to break it yeah, to you guys. We, well, I mean, even as I remember this myself, right? I mean, we, we think about this as, you know, we tell this story in this podcast of these things that happened years ago as if, you know, it's like, yeah, one day I woke up and I was like, what if I imagined like a healthier, you know, life that was more in line with God's vision and voila, it was there. It's like, that's not really how this stuff works. Um, I think we would both say that these periods of transformation came... Um, with much intentionality and, and prayer and dependence on God and that sort of thing. And I think a big part of that, Megan, we were talking earlier about, you know, you, you've probably, this podcast has been going for, you know, nine minutes now. You've probably, part of you has bristled at this imagination idea because we grow up, imagination is something that belongs in the kindergarten classroom. It's, it's this fake thing. It's like, oh, did you imagine, you know, is this your imaginary friend? You know, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I think we... Kids love to imagine, and it's such a gift, but I think we often tell kids, and eventually kids come to believe that the things we imagine aren't real. We'll say, is that only in your imagination when a kid is scared about like the monster under their bed or something? And so we come to associate imagined things as fake things, as things that are not reality, and then we learn instead to believe that only what is in front of us, only what we can see is what is real and true. And so we, of course, have to ask the question, what is in front of us when it comes to food in the body? Right. And I think, sadly, right now, what's in front of us in our society is this notion that thin bodies are better than bigger bodies, that food is something bad, something to be controlled. Our bodies, likewise, need to be controlled. Um, we're, and then... Yeah, all these delineations between like what makes food good versus bad based on number of calories or fat grams, sugar grams, things like that. And that is, that's the landscape that we find in front of us. Right. When, when we try to throw aside, you know, imagination and said, okay, what is real? What is real life? We get all these things. Um, Megan, like you're talking about, you know, th- this is stuff loyal creature life listeners have heard us talk about every episode things oh food is a temptation like oh get those fries away that sort of thing that's real and we'd have to imagine a world in which um you know in in which we didn't have to view these things as temptations we didn't have to think bad about ourselves for eating dessert but i think the problem is that we equate what is in front of us as eternal truth that is what is real that is what is true Um, When in reality, I think often what's in front of us is damaging and it's arbitrary. Things that are social constructions that actually I don't think are rooted in truth um, and yet we mistake them for the truth. So I think a helpful way of understanding this because I think this notion that bodies are good based on their size or not is so entrenched so deeply in front of us. I think a helpful way to understand this idea that what's in front of us isn't always true and is often instead actually pretty damaging um, is to look at some other things that are in front of us. So two examples I thought of are about race and women. So for instance, in our society, what's in front of us often is this, is a lot of racism. Um, Yeah, where 
people of color often are seen as less than in, in many different ways than people who are white. And same with women, where um, men often have so much power and so much more authority than women. But just because that's what in front of us doesn't mean it's true or good. I think hopefully all of us could agree that those things are... <laughs> Here at Creature Life, yeah. we believe that racism is bad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully all of you can see that those things, racism or sexism, those are social constructions. And yes, they are deeply embedded in our society, but that does not mean they are true or good or real. Right. Imagination invites us to constantly assess what is around us and, and to begin to question, is this really how things are? When, and what I mean by how things are, on this cosmic eternal level that God has created the world, has God created, right, this, this world with racial hierarchies, with, you know, gender hierarchies and stuff? And we just say no. And yet we need to, and I think a lot of us listening are probably aware of that. I've had these conversations in classrooms and on Twitter and, and wherever else. I think we can and should make those same moves with food. Has God created a world in God's eyes is, you know, there are certain hierarchy of bodies that God, you know, especially delights in. It's like, goodness, no. And yet there certainly is one that society does. And, but, but we, we can imagine a way forward where we push against that. Yeah, I think the world would be a really dangerous place if no one ever sought to imagine a, a different way of seeing, a different way of the world being structured. And so if you take those examples of uh, racism and sexism, I think the role of imagination has played a huge part in people um, finding progress in this area. So I think like you think of people who have confronted racism and sexism in times where that was the only way. I mean, let, let's talk. I have a dream speech. I mean, the, the mm. whole content of that is, is I, I'm seeing something that is not currently in front of me. Right. And it took the bravery of MLK to imagine a different way, to resist what he saw in front of him and instead to trust what wasn't in front of him. That everyone, no matter their race or ethnicity, has dignity and worth and sacredness and there shouldn't be any arbitrary hierarchy between people based on their race right so so what would that look like for us to apply that to food and and it's probably especially our bodies the the size and shape of our bodies yeah so i think similarly it looks like resisting what we see in front of us this delineation between big bodies as bad and and small bodies as good instead to imagine all as good all as sacred and cherished by god and um, worthy um, and beautiful right to to imagine a world that functions how God intends it to and to see the world as God intends it I really um, love this quote Megan that that you've borrowed from the great Barbara Brown Taylor why don't you read her definition of faith because I, th- I think this applies so well to how we can um, reshape how we see our bodies in, in light of what we believe Um, to be God's truthful vision. Yeah, so her quote is that faith is a matter of learning to see the world, each other, and ourselves as God sees us, and to live as if God's reality were the only one that mattered. To live as if God's reality were the only one that mattered. 
That is such a remarkable articulation, I think. And when I think about what this means for food and the body and uh, how we eat and what we eat and, um, you know, what we think about our bodies and the bodies around us, we, I mean, I, I'm sitting here, like, I'm co-host with my creature wife here of this podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> thought I thought I'd double down on that to uh, see how it goes. No, but it's like... like I'm so far away from doing that and I need to imagine more so um, this life where where God's reality is the only one that matters. I I think this is just a wonderful invitation that um, the great BBT gives us here. Yeah, and I think what's exciting about this is even though, you know, with our imagination, we can't prove that what we imagine is real we can still hope that this is what is true and good and the reason why we can hope that is because if it is god's reality if god's reality is one where all bodies are good and food is a gift that is what is true and good because god is the maker and ruler of the world and therefore what god god's voice is the voice of truth god Mm. is truth and a hundred percent and and i think like at this point, I, th- I think we need to ask the same sort of macro question um, that that we kind of talked about when recounting our own stories of, of what is the fruit when we look around, what is being produced by this kind of unimaginative, unimaginative vision of the world where food is, you know, a, a dangerous, bad temptation and our bodies are only good if they look like certain magazine covers. What is this producing? Yeah, well, I think this taking what is in front of us as the truth leads to a lot of dangerous consequences and damaging consequences, things that I've experienced myself where um, I'm totally preoccupied and consumed by seeking thinness and controlling food. You have people who are unhappy, who who get stressed around food or saddened about what they've eaten or shamed ashamed or feel ashamed about <laughs> well that was a big struggle um <laughs> a lot, a lot of shame in there. but yeah that i'm you know i was just trying to capture the depths oh of the shame that people feel um i think also this this hierarchy of bodies based on size is so exclusive it leads only a few select people to be seen as beautiful and good and it excludes so many other truly beautiful and good bodies Mm. um whereas i think you think about if we were to embrace imagination imagining the world as god sees there would be so much um positive fruit it would be this expansive inclusive reality where everyone's bodies are full of sacred worth and dignity, full of beauty and goodness. And similarly, food would be seen as this great gift to be received with joy and freedom. Picture those two differences. One picture is super exclusive, leads to misery, lots of shame. Triple shame. Triple shame. Preoccupation, anxiety, sadness, not great. The other picture is this universal inclusivity where everyone's bodies are good, where we embrace them and eat with joy and freedom. I think the imagination one is so much better. Very nice value judgment there, Megan. Yes, I I, I would say that one is better. But yeah, I mean, this world, yeah, could food and bodies be worthy of delight? 
could could they be worthy of um, delighting in and embracing um, and rejoicing in? We want to invite you to do that. Go try it out. Yeah, and I think in this invitation, I want you guys to have the hope that not only is this just a practice to be done now, but I think also part of this imagination is has the hope that one day this will this thing we imagine now that isn't necessarily in front of us will be all that is in front of us and what we mean by that is in eternity we believe that God's vision of the world will be fully realized we will be feasting together with each other with God and loving it and we will cherish our bodies and see ourselves and others as um, so beautiful and so good and so Yes, it, is, it can be challenging to do this now, but I hope you do it with the hope that I think this is where we are headed. Right. One glorious day, what we imagine now will be proven to have been true all along. 